Yeah. Yeah. Pro Fan Sports Podcast. Let's get it. Pro Fan. Tune into the program. Every single week, get the dope, fam. Sean on the mic, very flat, too. Keep you updated, that's what we do. Pro Fan. Tune into the program. Pro Fan. Tune into the program. Pro Fan. Tune into the program. Every single week, get the dope, fam. Yo, 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 what it do, everybody? It's your boy, John Altador, Pro Fan Sports Podcast, where the fans of the pros go back at you with another one. My boy is Vlad Barry, and, um, you know, somebody that seems like he's worked for everything Boston sports, you know, from WBZ to WEEI. He's an NFL analyst, uh, former Patriots player. This guy's all over the place. Jermaine Wiggins, man, thanks for coming through. How you doing? Not a problem, man. Thanks for having me. Hopefully everybody can hear me all right and everything, you know. So uh, I kind of live in the country, so my Wi-Fi is a little bit uh, shitty at times. <laughs> <laughs> so good. good. No worries. You know, it's technology. <laughs> right, right. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. So um, while we got you on here, for sure, we wanted to interview you a little bit. But before mm-hmm. we start that, um, you know, if you're watching and support the show, make sure you're subscribing and making sure you're following us on social media as well as uh, jwiggy85, right, on Twitter? Yeah, right? jwiggy85. That's, That's where That's everybody can find me. That's right. That's right, man. Awesome, um, I'm sure awesome. you, don't even need, you don't need our help for that, but... Uh, nah, nah, yeah, he's good, <laughs> right? He's got plenty of followers, so That's we're right. trying take- to catch up to him, right? We're trying to get on your level. Hey, yeah, sure. Wiggy, that, that, that's the goal. So we, we, we're trying to get to where you're at, man. Right. Any help is help, though. That's that's the way I was always taught. Any help is help. <laughs> you know? Yeah, man. Absolutely, man. We appreciate the help. Thanks for c- coming on here. It's definitely greatly appreciated and an absolute honor to, to have you on here. I've, you know, been following your work on the radio and, uh, you know, and even when you played for the Patriots, been following you for a while. So uh, it's great to, you know, be able to meet you here and uh and be able to you know have be on the same podcast no doubt absolutely man so obviously we were just talking about you're a former um you know nfl player i didn't realize you only actually played for the patriots one year it seemed like you played for the patriots forever man and um you know you you kind of like started off the whole you know patriots dynasty stuff winning a super bowl in 2000 2001 season man and um, obviously, you've been following the team ever since then. Um, you know, recently we lost, you know, the GOAT. Um, but we're now in a little rebuilding situation. How are you feeling about the team this year? Well, you know, I always tell people long before I even was a professional athlete, I was a fan of the Patriots. You know, I remember back in 86 when they played the, the Miami Dolphins in the um, AFC Championship. And then they played the Chicago Bears in the Super Bowl. I was a fan of the team then. I remember 96, I was in college. I was down at UGA, and they played the Packers in the Super Bowl, and I was a fan of the team then. You know, I was, I've was i been rooting for this team for a long time. So, uh, you know, I try to tell people long before I played for them, I was a fan of them. So, uh, And this just to be a part of that first Super Bowl, obviously, as a player, you wish you could play for an organization, uh, regardless of the organization, for a long period of time. But the way my career went, that's kind of the way it was. But I was fortunate enough to – play for the Pats and play for them when they won the first Super Bowl. So, you know, maybe it seems like a little bit longer because when you're there at the beginning, you're kind of part of building what, you know, that organization has become over the years. Uh, it's obviously a great honor. But, yeah, man, when I look at this team and, you know, moving on from Tom Brady, I, I mean, I was like everybody else. You know, I was hurt that, you know, Bill made that decision. Um, I didn't agree with it at the time. I understand who Bill is and the way he looks at the future or he looks at certain players. Um, and obviously I, I, I felt like Tom was still could play at a high level because of his skill set and just needed the right talent around him. But, uh, but I'll always be a Pats fan. You know what I mean? I, I root for the guys when they hear it, but I always root for the name on the front of the Jersey and I, I support the guys, you know, when they play for the team, but when they move on, you know, you know, now they become the enemy. I, I appreciate what they did, but now you are the enemy, especially when you're playing against my Patriots uh, team that, you know, as a kid, I always ad- admired, loved to watch growing up. Tom, the, Tom Brady is the, the enemy. W- Wiggy's my guy. You know, I'm, I'm the same mindset here. You know what I'm saying? You left. You know what I mean? Right. Like, <laughs> Wiggy, w- Wiggy, there's no way you can say Tom Brady is your enemy. Oh, <laughs> he's my enemy in the sense of, 
when he plays the against the Patriots, okay, okay, he's yeah, yeah, he's my. I don't. <laughs> I, I I still think he's an amazing guy amazing. off the field. I I talk I talk to him. You know, I got nothing but love for him. Obviously, you're happy for him still doing what he's doing. Am I happy that he still wins championships? No, because it's like a knife <laughs> in the back. You know what I mean? It, it, it's like seeing that 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 girl that you always loved for all these years, and then she goes off, and he's now dating somebody new and your life stinks and she looks like she's living this amazing life. But so, you know, I'm happy for him, but to a certain extent, I'm more happy when the Patriots are winning and they are successful because that's the team I root for. I root for the team that as a kid growing up before Brady got there, that's where my uh, allegiance they lie to. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I root for my city. I root for Boston. I root for Massachusetts. I root for any team that is from where I'm from because that's this kind of area that made me, and that's where my love is. When people come through, I support them, but when they leave, they become the enemy. <laughs> let, me, let me ask my you. God. Let me, my God. <laughs> so who did you support in the Super Bowl? Uh, I have this one rule. If my team's not in it, I don't care who wins it. That's oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Uh, you, didn't care, yeah. you didn't care who won last time? Uh, no, I don't like, you know, I've always, I've always had that rule. I remember, you know, my grandfather always used to, you know, teach me that growing up as a kid. He's like, you know, he was a big Red Sox fan. And if like the Red Sox weren't, weren't in the World Series, he didn't give a shit who was playing in it. So that's like, man, my, my mentality. I'll watch it. Don't get it twisted. I'll watch it. Yeah. I can care, I can care mm -hmm. less who wins because my team's not in it. And if my team's not in it, I'm not rooting for neither team. I can care less. And that's generally the way I've, I've always been, and that's kind of the way I've raised my boys to be, even though they're different fans. But uh, that's the way I'll be until, uh, you know, God sees fit for me no longer to be on this earth. What's, what's, what's team, what team is all your boys fans of? Well, you know, I've, I've always kind of instilled the hometown team. Like, I've always said, hey, listen, you got to be Pats fans, you got to be Celtics fans, Bruins fans, Red Sox. If they try to kind of move away and like certain players, all right, I'll give them that, but they support the teams. I say, if you don't support the teams, you no longer will be able to live underneath my roof. That's it. They're out. <laughs> Damn. You see? Give them the boot and kick them out like That's that. That's it. Damn, yeah. man. It's like that. Wow. Wiggy's, Wiggy's old school kind of like me, man. You know? Loyalty is everything. You know what I'm right. saying? But obviously, like you're saying, you, you grew up around here. You know, you played for the Patriots, and now – you know, you're part of the Boston media, obviously, and you're, I'm glad you are because, you know, as a former player, you know a lot of stuff that's going on that we don't. Um, so I love listening to you and stuff. So how does it feel now, you know, having that influence on, on the Boston sports team? Well, I, you know, it, it, it kind of goes back to, like I, I said, yeah, I'm in the media, but I don't really feel like I'm a media person, right? I feel like I'm a fan who was just fortunate enough to be blessed with the opportunity to be on the radio and talk about the sports, right? So that's kind of the approach that I look at. I, didn't, I, don't, I don't claim to be no journalist or anything like that. You know, I, I root for the teams. I root for them to win. You know, do I think that they're always going to go undefeated? No. Um, when they're not winning, I... I root for them to figure out what's the reason why they're not winning and fix those problems. You know, I'm a big Celtics fan. I always thought that moving on from Kyrie was a huge mistake. So like those, so then I'll be aggravated or upset at my team if they do things, just like a lot of people are upset that they moved on from Brady. And I have no problem with that. But it's at the end of the day, it all comes back to wanting to see that team be successful. You know what I mean? And so, yes, I happen to be on the radio. Yes, I happen to, uh, you know, talk shit for four hours a day because that's all I do. It's no different than when we were kids growing up in the city and we argued who was better, Magic or Bird, what team was better, Yankees, Red Sox, you know, Canadians, Bruins, all that stuff that you grew up as a kid doing. Um, and so now I just do it on the radio and, you know, and, and but I, I look at myself who is a fortunate fan that happens to be on the radio that happen to be fortunate enough to play in the NFL and win a Super Bowl. So, I mean, it just all works out for me in that aspect, but I'm still a fan. Yeah, Wiggy. That's awesome, thing. man. Um, obviously. Uh, yeah, no, just go ahead, go ahead Barry. Wiggy, um, a, a question. So, I don't know, I, I hear a lot of, of former Patriots players talk about, like, what 
the Patriot, you know, way is and, you know, and, and how, you know what I'm saying, things, you know what I'm saying, you, you how Bill likes to run, you know, things out there and, and, and run the, the organization. Uh, you know, and a lot of guys have, you know, come out, you know, on, you know, different shows and commented, you know, as far as what their, um, you know, with their definition of the Patriot way. So what would your definition of the Patriot way be, you know, as far as, you know, when you played and from what you've experienced? Well, I, I think the pa the Patriot way to me, I, I it's a real thing. I, I truly believe it. And I think it was obviously instilled by Bill. And what it is, is just guys buying into first, right? You know, guys buying into my role on the team. You know, I know it's cliche, do your job type of situation, but that's what it is. And guys really buying into it because they understand the greater goal is not the individual success, but the success of a team and winning championships, right? And, I, you know, obviously, I think it's a little bit easier for people to buy into that when the team is successful. Um, but I think Bill has created this culture that like, hey, if you do your job, um, you know, good things will happen. If you don't do your job, I'll get somebody else to do it. So I think that's what the Patriot way is, is that, you know, as a player, for the most part, where you stand, you know, the way Bill operates, even, you know, Tom Brady to a certain extent, he had to believe that, you know, knowing Bill and how he operates, there might be a chance where Bill didn't want to pay him X amount of dollars because of the way Bill operates. And that's part of the Patriots way on how Bill, Bill does things that, you know, it's not about me satisfying a guy to pay him a specific amount of money. It's me trying to do what's best for the football team. Um, and so you as a player, you, you try to understand right from the beginning, the Patriot way, it's just about business. And I think that's the thing I've respected the most from Belichick. I've been around a lot of coaches in my career. I played for Bill Parcells, Tony Dungy, um, John Fox, Bill Belichick. So I played for a ton of really, really great coaches. To me, the great ones keep it 100. There's no BS. This is what you got to do. If you don't do it, somebody else is going to do it. Here's what, you know, now the, I think the one thing that sometimes comes to be a little problem is where Bill, Bill might value you as, right? Value you as financially. But we all know that's anything in life. You're going to view yourself like you wor you're worth more than maybe what your employer, uh, your employer is paying you. It's the nature of the beast. So, um, but the Patriots way is buying into that system and buying into that way for the ultimate goal, which is winning championships. It's uh, uh, awesome. That's great to to hear that appreciate uh, you answering the, the question uh, I, I definitely agree with that for sure yeah, and I think, about winning and, I and think, doing what's best for the team and like you said you know uh, putting the, the team first and you know and, and doing um, you know what the coaches ask you to do right and I think most people buy into it but there are some people who play for the Patriots and they don't really buy into the system and you know and you know maybe they go other places and have success so and even like with Brady people will say well look at Brady down in Tampa but I think what Tam Brady did is he brought that culture down there so it's the Patriots way in the Buccaneers and he's basically getting these guys to buy into what the most important thing is you know what I mean and, and I think that when you look at it that's what a lot of guys that are successful and that kind of buy into it do where I played for other organization and it's just like, man, you know what? It's about me and that's really it. You know, coach tells you one thing and does another thing. So, um, you know, it's, it's, I, 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 it's real, man. It is real. And Cam Newton says it. And here's a guy that was the number one overall pick. He played for a different organization for 10 years and came here and was like, yo, it, it's a real thing. Yeah. So obviously, um, you know, the preseason just en ended and the whole summer, you know, we heard about Mac Jones, Cam Newton competition where, you know, the fan base, if they if they had a choice, Mac Jones would be out there. Um, what What's your stance on it? Would you see in the preseason? How do you evaluate um, Mac Jones versus Cam Newton? Well, I, I think Mac Jones has done a really good job this preseason. Uh, I think he's done a good job training camp preseason games. You know, but for me, I, I still look at, I think Cam has that experience. I know he had a, a, a horrible year last year um, overall, but I think there were, there were some bright spots during that season. And for me, it was more about the talent around him because that same talent he had last year, Brady had two years ago and struggled with, you know, as far as the way we've seen Brady play before. So I think you have new talent. You have weapons around Ken Newton. 
He knows the system a little bit better. We're kind of as <clears throat> excuse me, we're close to as normal as a non-COVID kind of situation that we can deal with. And I think what you're going to see with Cam Newton is um, him have every opportunity. But I, he, there's no excuses for Cam Newton. You know what I mean? And I think I think you're going to see him do well. That's why I think you should at least start him. And if he doesn't do well, you go to Matt Jones. And um, what what does that look like if he's not doing well? You know, what, uh, what does... <clears throat> excuse me. I think that looks like two or three games of him really playing bad football, right? Where Bill goes, oh, man, we just can't get it done with him. So I think it's like two or three games of him really playing bad, bad football. And that's when you see them make the transition to go to Matt Jones. If he has a bad game and then comes back with a good performance or a mediocre performance and they win the football game, I don't think that's enough. I think it's got to be two or three games of him playing bad and them losing or barely winning um, and then maybe winning more because of their defense where you might see them go uh, make the change. Yeah, speaking of defense, it looks like um, we'll probably have a dominating line this year, um, you know, with the pass rush and everything. Um, and them coming back, what, what are you seeing there? Um, what do you think is going to make a big jump this year? I, I think that front seven is going to make a huge jump. I mean, you just talked about it, you know, with that defensive line, that front seven is going to be huge. Uh, the addition of Matthew Judon, you got high tile return, you bring back Kyle Van Noy. I think Josh Uche is going to really do a tremendous job. You know, the D tackles, you got Christian Barmore, uh, Devon Godchild. I, I think there's, you know, Lawrence Guy, your front seven is going to look completely different. I think the one issue that I'm, I, you know, I'm going to have is what's going on with Stephon Gilmore because you get him back, I think you now go from not just a very good defense, but maybe you go to an elite defense if you get Stephon Gilmore back. So now you have a team that's an elite defense, you run the football well, you got a good offensive line, and you kind of control the passing game in the way where you're getting the ball to the tight ends, you're taking shots every blue moon, but it's more about moving the sticks, playing smart on offense, and, and, and putting yourself in a position where offensively you're not doing anything that is going to uh, 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 affect the game because of mistakes that you make. Very similar to what you saw in 2001, playing towards the strength of the elite defense. So, you know, the key is going to be Gilmore, which I think they'll probably get something done. But if you get him back, you now go from a good defense to an elite defense. Does this Patriots yeah. team um, make it to the playoff? Yeah, I think this Patriots team is a playoff team all day long. I think they're one of the seven best teams in the AFC. Um, you factor the, uh, the head coach into that. Uh, he's obviously going to put you in a position where when those games are critical and it comes down to coaching decisions, he's always going to give you the advantage. I think just on paper with the, the, the team that you have, with either quarterback, you should be able to roll out eight wins. Um, so I think if you can roll out you, – you, you rolled out seven wins last year and your team wasn't very good. I think you're a playoff team all day long. Um, and I expect the play uh, Patriots to make the playoffs. Any more Pat's question, guys? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I had one. Uh, so, which young player on the team, Wiggy, do you think that um, is going to make the biggest leap? Um, you know, both you know on offense and on on defense. Who, who do you see? Um, you know, you know, making the biggest leap this year for the Pats. The, the guy I got my eye on is Josh Uche. I think Josh Uche could really be that guy that you see. You know, he showed, he, he's shown a little bit in some of these preseason games, but he really could be that guy that you see, you know, on third down situations really creating havoc, really getting after the quarterback. He's one of those young guys where I expect him to, to, to be like, wow, this kid is impressive. You know what? He's getting after the quarterback. He's, he's making some things happen um, as a pass rusher. So he's somebody that I look for. Uh, um, on the defensive side of the football. On the offensive side of the football, you know, there's really no young guys. I, I have My expectations are high for Damian Harris, so even though he's a young guy, I still have high expectations for him. Uh, Jacoby Myers, I feel like he's consistent, and, you know, he's going to be, you know, doing what he's going to be doing. So on offense, I don't really see a young guy on that position where I can go, oh, maybe this guy could really have a breakout year or do some things because I think it's a little bit more veteran based offensively. So I look at their defense and Josh Uche and what he could, you know, somebody that, you know, people know, 
But wow, this guy, this kid made a major impact. This oh, de definitely, oh, absolutely, what? I'm certainly agree with you on that. What What is a respectable record for this year's Patriots team? I think I think ten and seven, eleven and six. You know, it's weird with the 17th game schedule to say that, but I, I think when you look at if you look at their schedule, they don't they have a very easy schedule. Um, so I, I think easily ten and six. Uh, I would say the minimum is ten. But I can easily see them winning 11 games all day long, and that being a you know what that being a playoff uh, a playoff caliber team, that being enough to get you into the playoffs. So yeah, when I look at their schedule, that's I kind of put them at 11 wins. Um, you know, if you had to say hey over and under on 11, I would I would definitely say 11 wins, and that you know um, that's kind of where I'd put them. What what happens week four? <laughs> uh, that becomes the. The matchup of the century that, you know, we've been waiting for this matchup and it's the genius of Bill Belichick defensively versus the genius of Tom Brady as a quarterback. And they both know each other inside and out. And who does something that the other one doesn't expect? Uh, um, you know, what kind of defense does Bill draw up to try to confuse Brady? What kind of defense does Bill draw up to make Brady say, okay, you're not going to beat us this specific way. What does Brady do offensively to say, okay, hey, Bill, I know what you're going to do. Here's where I'm going to counter. I think it's going to be such an intriguing matchup. Um, you know, they, they know each other inside and out. They understand how the mind works. And, you know, it's like it, it's you have the kind of the master, the professor now taking on his star pupil, his star student. And that is going to be a fantastic, fantastic game. And Brady's going to come on on top. <laughs> I, See, listen, he no might, he's going to be fake. Yeah, he's no. I'm loyal. No, no I'm just, I'm just real. I'm just real. No belief. No loyalty. I'm just man. real. No, that is oh, I'm just real. Brady's going to come on on top. Are you a oh, Pats boy. fan or a Brady fan? I'm a Pats. <laughs> I'm a Pats fan. I just know that Brady's going to come on on top in that matchup. Uh, no, okay. So, okay, so so who are you rooting for to win? Patriots. Okay, but you feel like Brady's going to have a good game. Yeah, Brady's right. going to. Yo, you know how much Brady's <laughs> looking forward to that matchup? Yo. I, they both they both are. <laughs> oh, my Believe goodness. that. They both are. That, 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 that's real. They both are looking forward to that matchup. Because they both know it, Brady. I mean, Brady's kind of proven it this year that he could do it without Belichick. But Bill definitely hears the noise, and now he knows. You don't think if Bill goes out there and, and and puts it on Brady, whereas like two interceptions, he gets hit a bunch of times, and he doesn't look good against Bill. You don't think that's man? Bill's gonna have a huge smile on his face, and especially when, especially if they win the football game. Come on, man! Bill's gonna love that. Absolutely, man. absolutely, definitely. And I, I think this is the last question right here about the Pats, because um, I want to get to a couple questions about the Celtics before you have to go. Um, well, I mean, I had one more past question, but, you know, go oh, ahead, John. Okay. Well, we can make that one the last question. But for me, um, you know, I heard cool. somebody say this uh, This will be, you know, week four will be the biggest regular season game in Patriots history. Do you agree with that or not? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, You know what? I would even say it would be the biggest. I know the Super Bowls are the biggest game, and I understand that. But for Pats fans, I feel like this game will be the biggest game in Patriots history, period. So, unless they wow. play again. Ooh, what? Unless, even bigger than the Super Bowls? Even bigger than the Super Bowls. Unless they play what? in the Super Bowls. Because you have the greatest quarterback of all time still playing at a high level, going against the greatest coach of all time. And the reason why they are the GOATs is because of what they did together. And them playing against each other, like, I know the Super Bowls are huge, but, man, if you ask me, I can only, like, when this game is over, if you ask me, you can only watch one game, you know, you're on death row, you got one meal, you can only watch one game. I'm wow. watching Pats versus Bucks. If that's crazy, because <laughs> I, I disagree with you, because uh -huh. I think, I think, there's two games that I'm choosing from that are the most important in history, right? So it's either the the snow the snow game against the the Oakland Raiders right. or the that, Tuck Row or that Super right. Bowl that that Which Super Bowl that you, that Super Bowl that you played in. 
Uh-huh. But if I'm on death row and I've, I can only watch one game, one game, I'm watching that Patriots versus Falcons game. Okay. That's right. Yeah, right. But see, here's where I have the, here's where I, I, I kind of, here's where I disagree. Because you've never seen this in any sport where you have the greatest coach and the greatest player who, the reason why they're the greatest, because they were together for 19 years and won multiple championships, went to multiple Super Bowls. And now they're still, they're facing each other. And I don't want to say like, Brady is not past his prime. Let's let's not get it twisted. I mean, the guy was probably second in MVP or third in MVP voting last year. So the guy's still Crazy. playing at a high, still playing at a high level. It's not like you know, oh, the guy's way past his prime. Same with Bill Belichick. Now to like see them two go head to head, you know, it, it's there's I don't think you can ever like there could never be another matchup like that because you would you would have needed. LeBron James and Michael Jordan to be teammates and win six championships and them, them face each other, you know, or the two greatest basketball players of all time then face each other. Um, and, you know, but they were teammates for, you know, 15 years and they were still playing at the, the, the kind of the, 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 the prime of their career, you know, uh, to me, I just, I don't know. I just think this is going to be the biggest game of pa- Patriots is I know the Super Bowls, how big they are and everything, but, Brady versus Belichick? Come on, man. It's like, man, you know what I mean? It's crazy when you think about it like that. <laughs> it is, right? It's crazy. It's like splitting half Wu-Tang in half and saying, all right, we're putting four of you guys over here and four of you guys over here, and now we're going to have a rap battle. It's just crazy to think. It's versus battle. <laughs> yeah, right. With <laughs> half with the Wu-Tang. It's just crazy. Yeah, yeah no, it is definitely. I just wanted to ask you, Wiggy, I, I know you were saying earlier that you were part of that, you know, first uh, Super Bowl at 2001, uh, you know, championship uh, run, you know, and there was some, you know, pretty legendary and epic games uh, in, in, in that run from the snowball game to the you know, AFC championship game uh, against the Steelers and then obviously the Super Bowl. Uh, what was like your favorite memory and moment that stood out to you during that? you know, season? And then also, how did it feel when you guys won and came out on top and, you know, did the unexpected beating done, uh, you know, Rams team, the greatest show on turf, uh, and, you know, and being the world champion? And I, well, I'm, I'm going to add ahead. one, I'm going to add one more thing to Barry's question. I'm going to piggyback. Mm-hmm. How did it feel to catch the last pass of that game as well? Well, here you go. So my favorite moment is probably the catch right before Vinatieri kicks the field goal. Yeah. Or, or that's one of my favorite moments, right? So my two favorite moments are basically in that game. Um, because the catch right before the field goal was like giving Adam an extra seven or eight yards and making it easier for him and making the field goal one of those field goals where, okay, this is in Adam's range. Like now it should be automatic and to be part of that individually is an amazing feeling. And to make that catch, my favorite moment is when I'm on the uh, field goal protection and I'm blocking for Vinatieri. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more nervous on the field goal team than I am catching the ball because you don't want to be that guy who gets called for a holding or misses a guy and he makes the block. So my favorite moment is being part of that, him kicking the football and me being on the field as I watch it split the upright. So like to be in that moment of being on the field um, when he kicks it through the uprights and being part of that and knowing that that kick as it's traveling is going to make you the world champs and thinking back like, yo, wait a second. I'm a kid from Eastie. I grew up watching the Patriots and I'm now standing on the field protecting the guy who is kicking the ball <clears throat> that is going to split the uprights to help my team that I grew up as a kid watching win a Super Bowl and all my friends and family that are from Boston knowing that they're a Pats fan and to be part of that moment, you know, I don't think there's, you know, that, that was the greatest moment of my career is just to be part of it and then going, wow, you know, still to this day, I, you know, people said I really still can't believe it because like I said when we first started talking I'm just a kid from Eastie and you know I never had 
goals or dreams about playing in the NFL. That was never my aspiration. I was a basketball player growing up as a kid. You know, I played AAU basketball, BMBL, you know, high school basketball. We won a state championship. Like, that's what was my love as a kid. I was a football fan, but I never was like, yo, I'm going to play in the NFL. You know, like, my kids, my two boys have dreams of playing in the NFL. Like, I never had that, you know. I was going to be a cop. A detective is what I wanted to be. Um, you know, um, and so... You know, I was just never looked at it like that. And so, I mean, you probably know how it is. You got kids that grow up in this area and they, you know, they just want to do the right thing and get out of the area that they grew up in without, you know, falling victim to the streets or falling victim to, you know, crazy behavior. That's kind of what I was. I was one of those kids that, and so when I was on that field in that moment, that was like the thing to me that stood out was like, wow, you know, Jesus. And it still doesn't hit me to this day. It's like, you know, yeah, I won a Super Bowl, but I grew up on Princeton Street and East Boston. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> yep. it's, it's crazy. So yeah, those are like kind of my favorite moments. Gotta be humble, uh, That's man. awesome. Um, that's amazing. Right. That's for sure, man. Um, I think you, you're wearing a Celtics hat on right now. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Always wearing the Celtics hat. Yeah, yeah. Dope, man. That, it's uh, Celtic Nation. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Celtics fan, man. That's right. Stand up. Um, so, so Brad Stevens. How, how's Brad Stevens doing so far? And what do you think about this roster he's built up this offseason? Um, I, I thought Brad was a good basketball coach when it came to coaching guys with lesser talent to get them to overachieve. I think he struggled when it came to coaching guys that in their minds were superstars, right? So the superstar ego of the NBA. Brad as a GM, I think he did a good job on hiring uh, M.A. Udoka. Um, but still, at the end of the day, it comes down to the players, not really the coach. And I hope that the Celtics somehow, some way, make a real push for like Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal, because when you start to see the NBA, I think Tatum is on the right direction. I don't know how Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum play together. For some reason, it's like, it's this weird dynamic. Like I watch them play and I go, Tatum's a superstar. Jalen's an all-star player. But together, it looks like, there's this weird chemistry that it's not like Batman and Robin or this one-two punch. You know what I mean? I feel like there's something about that that's missing. And you need, like, you need superstars to win, and you need two superstars to win. Now, I know the Milwaukee Bucks won this year. Luckily for them, Brooklyn had lost Kyrie Irving and James Harden, so... It's one of those things when you start to look at the road, it's about health. And, you know, if guys get hurt, can the Celtics win with the team that they have? And I don't think so because Giannis is, you know, let's be honest, Giannis is, one, Giannis is one of the top five players in the NBA. Until Tatum gets to that level and he could be one of the top five players in the NBA and put the team on his back. Um, I, I just think that they need that, whether it's Bill, whether it's Lillard, whether it's one of, one of those other superstars, and that can play well, even if that means trading Jalen Brown, play well with Jalen Brown. Mm. I just, yeah, man, I just feel like, man, there's something weird about the way they play together. It's not like, you know, it's not like that Steph Curry, Katie. It's not like that LeBron, Anthony Davis, like where yeah. one of them knows. They don't I'm play the alpha. for each other. Yeah, and one of them knows, like, okay, I'm the alpha dog. You're, you're, you're an alpha dog but I'm the big dog. You know what I'm saying? And they both <laughs> feel like yep. they're big dogs, you know, and that's the problem that you have. One of them's got to take a backseat, and that, in my opinion, is Jalen Brown's got to be like, all right, I'll be your Robin. Will you play Batman? But Jalen Brown wants to be like, yo, you're Batman? I'm Superman. So that's kind of where the problem lies, in my opinion, as a fan. You know what I mean? When I watch this team. Like, if Dame Lillard comes in, I think Tatum goes, okay, I mean – this is still my team, but I think Dane, I'll kind of take a, I might take a small backseat at times where Bradley Bale comes in. I think Bradley Bale goes, okay, Tatum, you're the, you're the superstar and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm your right hand man. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to be the Don. No one wants to be the Capo. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, I, 
Absolutely. No, I I hear you on that. It's an interesting uh, Celtics take, but you know, definitely oh, yeah. a good one. Absolutely. I know you guys got more questions about the Celtics, so go in, man. Go ahead, Bear. Okay. Whew. So about the yeah, about, about the Celtics. So one want to talk a little bit about as far as do you think that what why do you pretty much think like Danny left the Wolves like the you know pretty much the last straw to him leaving and him getting pushed out the door. And then also, do you think that the team um, pretty much, like, lost, you know, like Brad lost his voice in the locker room, and that's why they ended up, you know, uh, you know, having him, you know, be, be the GM instead of the, uh, you know, the coach. So just wanted to ask what your take was on that. Well, uh, see, I, in basketball, it's different, right? The coach – to me, it's not as much as disciplinarian as they are in football or maybe other sports like hockey, you know, baseball, some of the, you know, it's not about being a disciplinarian in basketball. Basketball, the head coach has to be respected by the players, right? It's got to be, okay, I respect this guy and I respect what this guy's opinion is. And then the head coach has to be like, okay, here's how we, here's kind of how the hierarchy works. Tatum, you're at the top. Below him is Jalen Brown. Then it's this guy. Then it's that guy. Then it's this guy. Marcus Smart, this is your role. This is what we need you to do. You don't shoot the ball, um, especially not from the three-point. You get three three-pointers a night. Like there, it, it, you, <laughs> But that's the way it is. Like If you look at Draymond Green in Golden State, like that's Marcus got to be Marcus Smart's role. But Brad allowed guys I don't to, see that. Sorry to cut you off, but I don't see Marcus Smart. Right. So that's that. what – Right, so now that's where the coach has to step in and go, this is your role, and got to get that player to buy into it. Like, that was Draymond Green's role in Golden State, and it worked. You know what I mean? Draymond knew what he had to do. He knew what he was. Um, and I, I don't think and, – and Steve Kerr kind of, like, managed the egos and got them to buy into that. I don't think Brad gave everybody the same voice, and when you give everybody the same voice – <clears throat> it just don't work out. Like I said, somebody's got to be the Don, right? You know, I'm a big mobster. I'm a big mob guy. I love mob movies. You know what? Uh, I, I grew up in an Italian household. I know it's kind of stereotypical, but, you know, I, I, you know, I seen that lifestyle. You grew up in East Boston in the late 80s and, you know, early 90s. You've seen that lifestyle. So it's like there's a Don. There's capo, there's soldiers, there's guys that there's earners, right? So everybody has a specific role. And um, that has to, that's how it has to be in basketball, right? In basketball, it has to work that way. And I just don't feel like Brad implemented that. And now what you got was Tatum looking at Brown funny, Brown looking at Marcus Smart funny, Marcus Smart going, wait a second, if, I'm, if I get the ball in my hand, I'm taking the last shot. Where it's like, So I think that's, that, be, that became the issue with this basketball team. You know, no one really understood their role. And, and you can't win in the NBA in today's game if you don't know your roles like that because, hey, the superstars do what they do. And, and Shaq always talks about it on Inside the uh, NBA. is the others then do what the others do. And if you're not willing to be another – and you want to be a superstar, and you're not, you're going to have issues. And I think that's what's going on with the Celtics right now. Uh, but for sure, absolutely. Uh, definitely just wanted to ask you, know, you talk a little bit Marcus Smart. What do you think about, like, the other guys on the team around, you know, Tatum and Brown, the supporting cast, like the Rob, you know, Williams, the, you know, Dennis Schroeders, uh, even some of the young guys like Peyton Pritchard, um, you know, and, and the guys around them. What's your take on them? I think those guys are fine, right? When you look at championship teams, you look at a team like Milwaukee who won it last year, they really did it on the back of Giannis and Chris Middleton. You know, even at times Chris Middleton disappeared, but Giannis is Giannis, right? He's a top five player in the NBA. And then you had like Drew Holiday who, you know, at certain times, you know, kind of made a big impact, but wasn't doing it night in and night out. You had other guys uh, uh, Pat Connaughton, you know, hitting shots when he needed to, uh, Bobby Portis. Like, so you had these guys buying into those roles. And I think the Celtics kind of have those guys. The problem's at the top. Those guys are not the issue. It becomes the top of the mountain, right? It becomes, does Tatum take that next step? And does he become the Giannis and go, okay, everybody else get the hell out the way. I'm dropping 40 tonight. 
get on my back. And when I need you to make shots, you make shots, right? Or you do what you yeah. have to do in the other sense, right? So Tatum get to that level, right? When he gets there, and then maybe if Tatum's struggling a little bit, then you have that other guy who says, okay, I'm going to put this team on my back. You know, you know what I mean? And there's Jalen, and do they work well together, Brown and Tatum doing that? And are they good enough to be somebody else's big two or big three? That becomes the issue. Are they good enough to Brooklyn's big three? I don't think so. Are they no. good enough to beat Milwaukee's big two? I think they might be. I, I, you know, because if Giannis is amazing, but if you can defend him right, you make it tougher for him, right? And if you have the right people. So could they potentially beat Milwaukee? Their big two? Maybe Philadelphia, you know, Joel Embiid. They're still looking for that second. It's clearly not Ben Simmons. Um, uh, the kid Tobias Harris, good player, but they still don't have that second piece. And then when it comes to the the you know the teams in the Western Conference, you got the Lakers, you know, you got uh, Golden State with Steph Curry, and what what happens with Klay Thompson? You got the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George. So it's all about your big two and whether or not they're good enough. And I don't know if they if they made that or if Tatum's made that step because if Tatum can make that step, he can he can drag Jalen Brown along with him, you know what I mean? Because that means Tatum's that good. So yeah, if he can get to like the top 5, top 6 player in the league, now all right. But if you had a guy like Bradley Beal, or if you can get a Dame Dollar, shoot. Now, whoo, a now guy that's got, a bucket. Whew, right. Like that. Right. Right, get out the way. Dame Dollar can get buckets. Get out the way. Bradley Beal oh, yeah. can get buckets. You know, yep. Jalen Brown is not really that type of guy. Tatum kind of is, but he hasn't proved that he can do it all the time. No, I hear what Absolutely. you're saying for sure. Uh, do you have a question? I did have another subject question uh, real quick that I wanted to ask. Go ahead. Um, yeah, so I've been hearing a lot, you know, about, you know, Tatum and Brown and as far as their playmaking ability. And I know guys like, you know, Emet Udoke has said this a lot, that he's trying to make them, you know, become better, you know, playmakers and make the other, right. you know, the, the others around them better. Do you think that, you know, Tatum and Brown are capable of doing that, of making, you know, the other guys around them better and becoming like elite playmakers like you see all of those elite guys that you know we've named and talk about they're not only good great scorers like Tame and Brown are great scorers but they you know or you know other guys are great scorers but they're also really good playmakers so um, do you think that you know they can be able to get to that level I, I definitely think Tatum can get to that level right because I think Jalen Brown's game is different right I think Jalen Brown he needs he's more of a transition player in my opinion so you need, like, I, I wanted, really wanted Lonzo Ball. I think Lonzo Ball would have worked well with them, too. Or even a guy like Ben Simmons would work well with them, too. Especially for Jalen Brown, a guy who can run the floor, use his athletic ability, kind of hit that corner pocket three-pointer. But not a guy that just, in my opinion, Jalen Brown is not a guy you give him the ball and he's going to make plays. Tatum's doing that, right? Tatum's got to be more of that playmaker. Get the ball. You know what? I could do a number of things. Like, Tatum, to me, has that. And now this is some high regard, but he has that Kevin Durant feel of game. Like, that's where I feel like Tatum's sailing could be, you know. And Durant can create, and when Durant wants to, he can make players around him better. Um, but I feel like Tatum has that skill set. I think Brown is more of a transition player, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And mm -hmm. I, don't think, I don't think this team fits the way, because they don't have that transition point guard. Um, so that I think is something I'll be looking at this season. And, but to me, I still think they're missing that piece. I don't know if Dennis Schroeder is that type of player, you know, is he that transition point guard? Is he that Tatum? I mean, Brown, use your athletic, athletic ability, run, you know, get out on the, get out on the wing and, and you know, go finish. Um, so I, you look at the Celtics and I still think that's where I, I just don't think that they're, they're built right, you know what I mean, with the, the players that they have. No, definitely hear what you're saying, for, for, for sure. It's some that's hey man, we can, we can about talk basketball roster. all night long. I could do it all night long. <laughs> I hear you, man. We're yeah, all big so, basketball guys here, for yeah. sure. All big uh, Celtics fans, all bleed green here. So I hear that. 
Um, Wiggy, I want to thank you for answering all those past questions, those sales questions. Mm -hmm. But I feel as though it wouldn't be right if I interview Wiggy and I didn't ask him this question. What happened on the Minnesota board party? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I still don't know. Ah, come on. Tell me what oh, man. Man. Oh, man. Hey, listen, I was taught the streets never talk and nobody's we, telling me anything. Can we grab a beer or something? And then we'll talk. <laughs> I, listen, I, 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 I grew up in the world where they said the streets never talk. And so I don't know. I'm looking yeah. for answers. <laughs> you know what I mean? As soon as I hear something, I'll let you know. How's that? All right, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. That's oh, hilarious, God. man. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, you really don't know. Huh? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I ain't um, seen nothing. Oh. I ain't heard nothing. You know, no, I, it's all good. No worries, <laughs> all good. To wrap up, this this is my last question right here. Um, obviously, you're part of the culture. You know, we 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 hear it on the radio all the time. You know, what I mean, how do we get you know guys like us on the WEEI to, to bring them some more more culture over there? Um, I would just say like keep listening, call in, and when you do call in, just you know. Voice your concerns, because that's what I try to do. I try to bring, like you said, the other side of the track that they don't see. I try to yeah. get people mm -hmm. to see that. But it's more about the voices of the people, right? Yeah. And, you know, and, and to me, that's the way I look at it, whether that's on social media, whether that's calling in on the show. is like, yo, those voices need to be heard, too. And I'm trying to be a voice for the for the culture and just, you know, the 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 you know the lifestyle. And that's it because I, I think a lot of times, you know, obviously they feel like I think a lot of times people don't realize there's a big there's a a a a, a big culture like out there that represents, you know, what it's like for people like us that live out here, that grew up yeah. here, that are sports fans, that are in the streets, that uh, understand what the culture's all about. So that's my biggest thing is to try to, you know, keep shedding light on it. You know what I mean? It's a, and, and keep shedding light on it in a positive way and uh, keep shedding light on it. Like there's a lot of good people out there. Because listen, man, what I do is, is, you know, there are a lot of people, a lot of talented people out there that can do what I, I can do. I, like I said, I've just been blessed and fortunate. Um, and I know I know the road is, is could be difficult, but it's all about keep getting the message out there, keep doing what you're doing because, you know, people want to hear from us, right? You know, people want to hear from us, and that's kind of what, what, what we have to do, you know what I mean, to kind of, you know, represent the culture, represent the cause, you know, represent the, the, the voice of the people. Absolutely, man. That's what we're trying to do over here. So hopefully it, they let us in over there, man, for sure. You yeah, know no I mean? doubt. But Wiggy. Um, Barry, do you have something to say? Yeah. One last question, real quick. I need your opinion on this since you're a big Boston guy. Top five Boston athletes <laughs> uh, of, right. of, of all time. What, what of you all thinking? time. All right. So, obviously, Brady's number one. Uh, you got to put Big Poppy on that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, um, you have to put. I mean, obviously, I, I got to go back. I grew up, you know, uh, you know, I didn't never see the guy play, but. You know, my grandfather used to tell me about him all the time. You got to put Bill Russell on that list just for everything that he, he you know, he stood for and he represented. Um, uh, uh, um, you know, I'm a hockey fan, so I would probably put, uh, like, Bobby Orr on that list because what he did for the ho hockey culture. Um, and then, let's see. Oh, man. German Wiggy, come on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You might have a point, though. Uh, you might have a point. I was thinking, I was thinking more like, do I go pierce a bird? But uh, you maybe might have a point. Maybe I should. You, I, know, know you might a, crack the top five, man. You know what? I'm going to put myself up there. Because I'm from here, so I represent... You caught any one of those guys. You so caught that pass, uh, uh, Wiggy. You caught that pass. Imagine if you mm -hmm. didn't catch that pass. Right. Vinny missed the field goals. There's right. no dynasty. You right. know, it sucks. Come on now, you guys. Yeah, you know what? Ready. You make a great point right there. So yeah, number five <laughs> on that list would be me. Because if I, there you, know, you go. You're right. There might be no Brady on that list if I ain't did what I did. And then again, uh, bingo. I, 
They I'm, got it. I grew up in Boston. I went to a Boston public high school. I lived in the city. The story writes itself. The story writes itself. Yeah, and you know what? Mm-hmm. I, I'm always in the city. My uncle still lives there. My mother lived there, uh, you know, just up and you know, till she recently passed away. So it's like, you know what? I got Boston tattooed on me. Yeah, yeah, you know what? All those guys have done a tremendous job, but they don't bleed the Boston that I bleed. They they're all like right. different parts. Yeah. No, nobody's yeah, yeah, like Wiggy. Right. Nobody's yeah, like I got you. Exactly. I, I got There's you. only one Wiggy. The one right, and only. Yeah. Number five on your list is Jermaine Wiggins. <laughs> hey, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. That's what go. I like to hear. My all man. All day. All day. Yes, that's sir. Facts. Yes, sir. Wiggins in the top five man. of Boston sports athletes. I can I dig like it. that. You know what? I you can, can make a that. case for it. Keep making that case. There you go, we'll see man. see what happens. Right. <laughs> that's what's up. No doubt. Absolutely, man. Uh, Wiggy, man, it's been a pleasure interviewing you, getting to talk to you, chopping it up about the you know Boston sports scene. Um, we appreciate you, man, and keep doing what you're doing. And you'll definitely hear from us on, you know, on them calls trying to get in there. Yeah, no doubt, man. Just like I said, keep it up, man, and, you know, put it up on social media, and I'll definitely, you know, retweet it, repost it, all that, that stuff, and tag awesome, you guys, awesome. all that good stuff. And appreciate then keep it up, you, man, respect. you know what I mean? The voices need to be heard. <laughs> all right, no thank you. You know that. You already you know. It. All right, appreciate it, you. Thanks for coming on, See man. It was a problem. blast having you. All right, later. All right, take it easy. Have a good one. Yep. Awesome. Yes, great. Awesome, that was, that was awesome. great. Yes, very Absolutely, awesome. Absolutely, man. You know what I mean? Um, obviously, if you're still watching, make sure you're subscribing to the channel. Make sure you're following us on social media. Um, you know, ProFans underscore sports on Twitter, on um, Instagram, and ProFans Sports on every other platform. Um, and make sure you're following Wiggy too, man, at jwigs 85 on Twitter, and uh, I believe it's the same thing on Instagram, because obviously he's a real dude, real humble, you know, and he's a, he's a legend around these parts, so we're definitely going to support him and thank him again for coming on Pro Fan Sports Podcast, so until the next one, we'll holla at y'all. Peace out, everyone. Have a good week. See y'all next week.